Welcome back to the British and Irish Eagles podcast. And it is a very exciting time for a number of reasons. First and foremost, the Eagles are in the middle of whistling their squad down to the final 53. I've been refreshing my Twitter page all day in my work breaks. Um, And there's a lot going on. We've seen a lot of um, waves so far today. Some releases, some shocks, some some not shocks over the weekend and today. We're going to get into that in detail. And there is... As we speak, I've lost my timer here, but around 50 to 55 minutes until the Eagles need to submit their 53-man roster. So there will probably be some live takes happening while we're recording. But it's even more exciting for another reason, and that is we we are joined by second time, second appearance, and it is the ringer, formerly of the Athletics, Shiel Kapadia. Shiel, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. I'm doing well. Yeah, the 53, when I was covering the Eagles full-time, and that was my... Beat. I was obsessed with the 53-man roster and who's going to make it and who's not. Now I don't even do a projection. Like, as you were describing that, I'm like, I should have at least done a projection uh, for myself, but I didn't. So we'll find out who they keep, uh, who they let go. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be really interesting. So we'll we'll get into the 53-man roster. We'll give updates. I've got my Twitter screen over here. I've got my pod research here. I've got you guys in front of me. And I put my hand on a piece of glass last night, which is why I've got the Spanish on me. But without any further ado, I'm going to bring in Phil and Mick. Phil, how the devil are you, sir? You are producing tonight for the first time. Yeah, so if anything switches off randomly, if the screen goes black, don't worry about it. I've, I've practiced this a dozen times. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> I like the positivity. Mick, how are you, sir? You're looking good. Thank you very much, especially for the 37-year-old man now, celebrating my birthday yesterday. And, it's true. Um, yeah, so another What did you do? Job. What did you do? Oh, nothing really. Just hung about with the kids and usual. It was just—it's just another day. Once you get um, over over thirty, Liam, you should know that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not, well, it's not a month-long up. celebration like you used to have. <laughs> I get that from my mother. My mother has year-long celebrations for her birthday for like the big ones. So, like when she hit fifty, um, and when she hit sixty, she had a whole year of celebration. So, I think a birthday month is allowed. I don't know. What do you reckon, Shield? Birthday month too long? Yeah, you know, I'm more on the once you hit a certain age, I'm like, don't even like say happy birthday to me. I don't need to be reminded that I'm <laughs> one year closer uh, to the end here. So yeah, I, I think that but listen, if that's uh, if you want to do it, then uh, your mom, especially I'm not gonna tell your mom what to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> go, go, go for the birthday. Mom. She does Sh- listen to this podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, she does. Shout out to Joan, Joan O'Neill. He'll be giving me away in less than two weeks until my wedding day. So that's coming That's coming up fast. Anyway, enough about that personal stuff. Let's get into the spicy stuff. And that is the Eagles 53-man roster. Sheila, I know you've been busy today. You've been on some podcasts. You've been working on some articles, I'm sure, as well. So far today, the Eagles down from, 60, down from 70 to 60. They have waived Devin Allen, Britton Covey, Greg Ward, and Joseph Ngata, wide receivers, another pass catching in tight end Brady Russell. So um, any sign that Eagles would have bring five wide receivers, at least until this initial 53 is gone. What do you, what do you think about that first off? Are you expecting the Eagles to bring five through? Do you, or do you, do you think they're just banking on one or two of them getting back to them? 
Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. Covey was the interesting one where I was thinking, all right, well, who's going to sort of be their returner here? Um, I remember, I think, earlier in the offseason, my podcast co-host Ben Solak said something like, you know, Covey's a lock. And I was like, is he a lock? And then he brought up the returner point, and I thought, yeah, uh, you're probably right. He should be on the roster, Uh, but I guess not. But uh, I think Howie Roseman liked sort of churning out some of those bottom of the roster uh, spots, talking, he probably talks to different agents around the NFL. Hey, do you think this guy's going to become available and figures it out? So we have the initial 53. And then sometimes by the time we get to that week one game against the Patriots, it's actually a lot different than we'll even think about today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and specifically on the Covey point, uh, Devin Allen has been uh, a guy I've been like sprucing up. You know, I really want to see him work out for the birds. I love his story. I love the fact that he's a, he's an athlete across two sports. Not a lot of people do that in UK sports. Um, historically, you've got to go back 40, 50 years when people used to play soccer and cricket. Um, I suppose you get a lot of athletes in the US when they're growing up playing mul- multiple sports, basketball, and baseball, a bit of NFL, but you can't really do it at the top at the top level. You have to choose. So it's it's unique to have someone like Devin on the team who's competing for world titles um, and was supposed to be um, at an event before the Colts game. Um, I think he, he spoke to Harry and Harry and, um, <clears throat> and Nick Sirianni and, and told him he might not be there. And they were like, "You you do what you got to do." He had a good he had a good performance. Um, he he played pretty well. Do you see? Do, do you think he's moved up the depth chart enough to to be the new um, Britain Covey? I say the new uh, I don't, special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it would probably surprise me a little a little bit, but I've been wrong before. I mean, the, the fringe guys, uh, you're never sure. You're not sure what they're seeing in practice, what they're doing in the meeting room to kind of impress uh, the coaches. So he was someone I kind of had, like you. I was like, all right, good story, but probably not going to make the team. But uh, like I said, I, I could be wrong. Maybe he's shown them something that, you know, uh, I haven't noticed. Phil, I'll throw it over to you. Uh, there was a specific ring back today who has been just recently in the last 20 minutes been uh, waived. And there's there's a lot of chat about that. So I'll uh, throw it over to you to talk to Sheila about that one. Well, yeah. So, like, we all know that Sermon's just been released and he was sort of the one on the fringe. He's had a, he had a good, he had a good um, preseason. He got a couple of touchdowns and he got heavily used against the Colts, as we, as we know. Um, are you surprised that, that Sermon got released um, or was it kind of a heavy indicator that his heavy usage against the Colts was sort of like a strong indicator that, yeah, this is, this is not the guy who's going to be going on the, the 53? Yeah, I think he probably needed someone ahead of him to suffer. And, you know, if someone went down with an injury at some point in training camp or the preseason, then he would be right there probably uh, as their fourth running back. But when you look at, you know, DeAndre Swift, we know they traded for him. Kenny Gainwell, we know he's not going anywhere. Boston Scott, the team obviously likes uh, quite a bit. And then Rashad Penny, I'm, I'm sure they view that as, hey, he has upside, uh, even though he's had some durability issues. So uh, keeping a fifth running back in Trey Sermon, that, that probably, uh, you know, just the numbers weren't working in his favor where, hey, if someone goes down and he's not on another team, then uh, maybe he comes back and they know what they've got there. But otherwise, with those guys staying healthy, I think it seemed like it was probably going to be tough for him. Yeah, I want to. Um, we're we're going to keep the big question until like the very last second we have you, Sheila, in case anything happens with that, and that's the Jonathan Taylor situation, of course, which I'm alluding to, which may or may not happen. I'm I'm in the. I mean, I don't want it to happen, camp, and Phil's firmly, and he he does want it to happen, camp, and Mick. I don't know where you're sitting that, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit because it's it's. 
one of the more, more interesting top topics to talk about. Breaking news: uh, the Eagles have waived Kyron Johnson, the 2022 sixth round pick, and they're hoping to get him back on the practice squad. Is that a surprise for you, Shield, to see him waived? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, no. I, like I said, the sort of the uh, I don't put in as much work with sort of the fringe roster guys as I uh, used to, as you know from listening to the, the, the Ringer yeah. Silly Special. Uh, more focus on like the the big stuff. But he was not at you know the practices I went to this year. He was not someone who I thought all right, he's got a great uh, great chance to make it. But you never know. Come back on the practice squad, uh, continue to develop, and maybe you do have a future with the team. Maybe we need to shoot uh, Bo Wolf uh, a Twitter. I bet, he, I bet he's got a. T- he loves his. He loves his uh, defensive and offensive lineman. Um, That's big, right, big time. Um, awesome, um, Mick. Throw it over to you, buddy. Um, just not a lot to talk about here. Elsewhere, Taron Jackson, Judin Good Jones, Josiah Scott. Maybe a little bit of a surprise. But I'm throwing Jill's probably like, why are you going to focus on a kicker? Because we like to focus on a kicker. Aaron Sipos, uh, the Australian kicker who, Mick, you have been throwing darts at a picture of his head for the last year and a half. How delighted are you to see Aaron Sipos being waived by the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm toasting a whiskey to that very news tonight. Should we do it together? There you go. Yeah, we'll do it. Clink, clink. Um, <laughs> see you later, Aaron. Well, I mean, you may, you may pass waivers. You probably will pass waivers. Um, depends whether or not we, we plank him on practice squad somewhere. But, I mean, he, he's never shown any reason to carry him on the 53. For me personally, and you know how much I've gone on about this and um, and how bad their special teams have been uh, last year, it was obviously a weakness. And even when you're talking about people like Kyron Johnson being waived and um, Josiah Scott, we lost uh, Sean Bradley as well to IR. And these are a lot of special teams players that we're losing. So our, our special teams unit is getting, it's not getting better. So that that's a little bit of a worry for me, the way these roster cuts are sort of going. But I couldn't be more delighted about Aaron Sipos. There must, there must be a punter out there that can <laughs> they can punt the ball over 40 yards and get it inside the 20 consistently. Well, I'm going to shout out to Harry Roseman here. He definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. But um, if I'm Harry Roseman, I'm going to take a trip over to Ireland. I'm going to go check out some GAA Gaelic football players who have a, who are specialists in kicking footballs of a different shape, guaranteed, but they also play rugby, which is a similar shape. Shout out to, um, shout out to Daniel Whelan, uh, who is set to become the first Irish-born player to play in the NFL in 40 years, um, I believe, over at the Packers um, after they waived their punter, I should say, not kicker, um, um, yesterday or the day before yesterday. So shout out to Daniel Whelan. Good to see that. And I, I'm just saying, I, there's the talent pool over in Ireland of players who are good at this. They've just set up a new academy to um, transition Gaelic football players into the NFL. What do you reckon, Shea? You want to see some Irish Gaelic football players in the NFL? A hundred percent. Yeah. Not only that, I'll, I can come over and help how we scout them. You know, he just pays for expenses and I'll come uh, take a look. But I mean, I, I'm with you guys. When you watch these games and you see a team with a terrible punter or a terrible kicker, you're just like, there has to be 32. Like it's a big, it's a, it's a great big world. You know, <laughs> exactly. Like, there's gotta be somebody somewhere who's able to do this uh, consistently. So yeah, I know Sipos got injured at one point. Uh, last year and I think his his kind of production there 
fell off after that. We all know what happened uh, in the Super Bowl. So I guess this is a case of release him and see who else gets released and sort of figure it out uh, between now and week one. Yeah. yeah um, Brett Kern wasn't, wasn't any better, was he, either? So it's, right. it's just worrying how... We just can't seem to get this position right. But what's Cam Johnson up to these days? We should never let him go. He's still with the Texans, isn't he? Is he? So I did actually. I had the thought the other day. I think it was a maybe been a preseason game when I was watching the Texans go. But he's still there. <laughs> Why did we get rid of? It? Obviously, it was a it was a victim of, of of roster cuts at the time. But and he wanted a contract and he got paid. But um, yeah, like okay, you fiddle that's... with your opposition team punter knowledge going on here. I don't know how much time I spend looking at punters from other teams well, in the NFL. I would say it was a huge depth of knowledge. It's our former punter, and it's in a preseason yeah. game, and we're all devoid of any other content, so we're just gleaning as much as we can from preseason games. But in, in general, like as Shield says, there, there, there has to be some decent people. It's kicking a football. I mean, I know there is obviously the good punters can kick it a certain amount of distance into certain areas, but that's not like an overly difficult skill to find in someone. I'm pretty sure if I kicked 100 balls down a field, I'd probably get more of them into the 20 than than Sipos did. I believe in you, Phil. I'm, I'm with you. I'll, I'll vouch for you. You haven't seen my left foot, mate. It's absolutely a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> looking, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, touching on some other uh, cuts um, before there were necessarily today, Tyree Jackson, we were supposed to do a podcast on Friday. I wasn't very well, so we actually didn't do a review of the Colts game in the end. I thought Tyree Jackson had a decent game. I thought he's had a decent camp. It's a long-term project for the Eagles. M. Shield, and I know you'll, you'll remember him because he's, he's been a project for three years now for the Birds. So I, re- I really thought he was he had a chance of make of making it in this team. I mean, he's not going to be a starting tight end for us with Goddard there, but I thought he had scope to be tight end too um, with his athleticism and his size. Has he just missed the boat now, Shield? Is the opportunity gone for Tyree Jackson, do you think? Um, you never know. He would have to be the exception, but I think usually when it's three years and the team doesn't believe you can be even a solid backup at that point, then that's generally, you know, a lot of times you don't even get that much time, three years to, uh, kind of hang on. Now he had an injury in there, so I'm sure they factored, uh, that in, but, uh, yeah, it, it could be tough for him. You know, it, it, it's hard. It's, a, it's competitive. Um, there's other guys coming in every year, you know, they drafted Grant Calcaterra, uh, the one year they, of course, have Jack Stoll in there. So it just comes yeah. down to who, who do the coaches trust, where if you were to suffer an injury to Dallas Goddard, if you wanted to play more with two tight ends, if you wanted a three tight end package, is this somebody you can trust to be sort of a well-rounded player, especially as a backup? A backup, you can't be good at just one thing at tight end because you never know what your role is going to be when you're going to have to go in there. So, uh, yeah, I think you know there's a chance it just didn't happen for him in three years. And who knows, maybe another team will give him an opportunity. Yeah, still not that old. I think he's only 25 years of age. So it's not like right. um, his career is, 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 is in the ditch. He has had the injuries, um, which, which, which we all know about. So I'm still pulling for Tyree Jackson. I had like a 15-minute segment ready to talk about him on Friday night. We did need a pardon, and he got waved. And I was like, God damn it. Um, so I think, he's a, I think he's a strong candidate to come back. I feel like he, like she said, he would be the exception. I just feel like his situation is exceptional if you if you look at it the, the the fact that the brief showing he got in the nfl got a touchdown and immediately got injured um i believe that they 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 would bring him back on the practice squad but there's not enough there to to keep him on the roster right now and and i think you've got a good chance of getting him through the practice squad because of the injury reason so it makes perfect sense i think we'd be 
pretty surprised if he'd been kept, given that Calcaterra is on the team. And that it, it's got it stole Calcaterra all day long, unless Tyree Jackson had had some sort of unbelievable camp proven and blown everything out of the water and usurped maybe Calcaterra. Um, so I think it's kind of doesn't really feel surprising to me. And I'm um, glad to see the back of Dan Arnold. I just don't think he was going to offer the Eagles anything and, and showed that, showed as much in, in preseason as well. All right, Shil, um, we'll, we'll come back to the 53-man roster as more players um, get announced. Uh, but we got some questions for you um, from our fan base who always have a go at us for not actually asking our questions because we get too caught up in the podcast. So here we go. We're going to do it for a change. Um, so we talked briefly about the Eagles bringing five, uh, four, four wide receivers. Um, but what will be the five suited? What five receivers, wide receivers, will suit up on week one? Is your prediction? Well, uh, obviously, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Olamide Zacchaeus. I mean, who are we assuming is the other uh, is the other option? Is that the the question here? I that's, mean, that's uh, the, that's the question. We, we got Dion yeah. Kay, we got Greg Ward, we got Devin Allen, you got Britton Covey. I mean, are we sure they're going to suit up another uh, a fifth? I mean, I think it could be someone from another team, honestly. Yeah. They'll look at who's going to be released. So uh, I don't have a name for you of who it's going to be. Obviously, the guys they had at camp, I don't think they love uh, any of those guys. So they, they probably would have kept them uh, on the roster. I had forgotten Greg Ward was even still on the team until I went out to training camp. I, oh, is that still Greg Ward? Oh, my God. He's gosh. Mr. Reliable, though. Like, Mr. Reliable, I say, yeah. Greg Ward. <laughs> I mean, my daughter is about to turn 11. I swear Greg Ward was on the team before she was born. I know that's not – I know that can't be true. That can't factually be true, but that's certainly uh, what it felt like. So I'll go with the wild card, somebody on another team uh, that they pick up uh, in the nice. weeks ahead who we're not thinking about right now. Nice. Uh, breaking news, uh, Eagles wave linebacker Nicholas Moreau. Um, okay. Just now, uh, four seconds ago, which probably means they're going to be going with um, – there are now three linebackers – and it will be named um, if you don't include Smith and Reddick in the linebacker section. And that is Nicobe Dean, Ellis, and Cunningham, who is a good pickup from uh, the other week, played really well. Sheil, you, you, you surprised by that or, or pretty happy with those three linebackers when you consider Reddick and Smith as well? Yeah, it's definitely light. There's no doubt about it. You know, that's another one where you, they could look at somebody who gets released from another team and maybe bring them up. I mean, you're going with Nicobe Dean who has not been a starter in the NFL thus far and, you know, had some injuries uh, earlier in camp. You go with Zach Cunningham, a guy who was not on an NFL roster uh, as recently as what, three weeks ago. Um, he was kind of out there on the street. And then you have Christian Ellis, who again has not been a starter in the NFL. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a question area. They've got, they're going to, I think, roll with those three guys, mm -hmm. but um, I'm sure that's another area where they'll, they'll really look at, who else has gotten released? Is there somebody we can add uh, add to that room? Because I think that's probably a spot where you would like a little more depth since you're pretty unproven. J Jalen Smith from the New Orleans Saints was released today at linebacker, former um, high pick um, into Dallas. Maybe one of the Eagles might take a look at over the coming days, perhaps. Mick, surprised by Moreau or, or fairly, fairly happy with that? Because at the start of camp, you know, we were thinking he had, Big potential to be a, even a starting linebacker. Yeah, the, the the overall thought before well going into training camp was that it would be Dean and Moreau being inside linebackers uh, as the starters. But as training camp progressed, she'll all know being being down there having his the boots on the ground. 
um, that he was just simply outplayed by Christian Ellis, who was making plays day in, day out, and obviously Zach Cunningham, who was, who was brought in later on, um, as well as Miles Jack, who uh, retired, didn't he? So, yeah. But yeah. It's, it, it's just, it seems like all the depth pieces are, are getting cut, and it's like, how are you, who, who are you keeping on, on the roster? <laughs> are, you going under, are you aiming for under 53 at this point? Because <laughs> it, it seems to be all the guys he's probably prioritising um, depth on the offensive line, the defensive and, line at this point. And cornerback and, and perhaps as well. Yeah. yeah, and that's the positions we know that Howie values most. Howie will get people off the street to play linebacker if he wants to, and and that's what he's always done. This is mo. Am I surprised? Not really, but we are really, really, really light at that position just now. So he will pick someone else up before we get to week one against the Patriots for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Ruben Frank just tweeted there a second ago in response to a a tweet saying, "Is it taken four wide receivers um, <clears throat> into the?" Um, is taking four wide receivers to the 53 wild. And he replied saying, you've no idea what's going to happen in the next 24 hours. So just, you know, ca- calm yourself down a little bit. Talking about street, Canavia street is, is there's rumor mills that he is going to make the 53 man roster today. I've seen it on a few different accounts. Um, so that's definitely one to look out for. He's clearly Thanks impressed. Yeah, I know he's clearly impressed. And Stalin will have a big say in that, in, in the decision on that 53, I'm sure more than some of the other coach positional coaches. Um, all right, good. Good stuff. I'll, I'll keep trying to keep an eye on what's um, coming out uh, on the grapevine. Okay, good question here um, from, yeah, not that one, uh, Phil. We're going to go to the next one. So do you, do you believe the young CBs, young cornerbacks will have behind our current starters can develop into long-term starters? So we're talking about Keely Ringo, uh, Ricks, Eli Ricks, who's flashed. Um, in preseason and, and and Goodrich, do you think these guys have what it takes to, you know, step up in the future and replace your Brad Brees and your Slays of the world? Because it's not the biggest depth position we have at the moment. Yeah, they've got a lot of bodies now at corner. I do think that's an underrated sort of area where if you're talking a few a couple months from now and you're saying, shoot, this this season has gone sideways a little bit. Corner to me is underrated. If you just look at it league wide, I think there were only three cornerbacks last year who were like full-time starters on the outside who were 30 years or older. Uh, I think it was Stefan Gilmore. Uh, it was Darius Slay and it was Patrick Peterson. That's in the entire yeah. league. And the Eagles, both their corners, James Bradbury and Darius Slay are 30 years or older. It's just typically a young person's position with the athleticism uh, that's necessary. You see guys in their mid twenties, their late twenties. So if you're an Eagles fan, you're saying, well, they just need to give us one more year of healthy play of high level play. They were so good last year, but if that doesn't happen and you suffer an injury, not only the names you mentioned there, Liam, but also, you know, like Josh Job to me, yep. is sort of an under the radar guy who we could be saying like, man, the defense is really relying on Josh Job. It's week seven, and he's out here uh, starting because I think he would probably be their number one outside corner if Slayer Bradbury were to suffer an injury. Uh, Goodrich is another you know, good name to bring up. If Avante Maddox suffers an injury and he's had injuries in the past, you would figure that Goodrich would be someone who would have to come in and play after Zach McPherson went down uh, with an injury. Uh, Kiwi Ringo, to me, 
didn't look like someone who they're going to lean on in 2023 and throw him out there to play. I think that to me is more of a long-term draft pick and, Hey, let's yeah. develop him uh, for a year. And maybe this time next year, we're saying, Hey, he's really made uh, great strides out there and can play uh, Rick's, I guess is the last one you mentioned. I was impressed like everyone else, you know, with, with the preseason, I thought he played pretty aggressively. I thought he really trusted his eyes uh, as a cornerback. He saw it. And he went and he made plays on the football and got his hands uh, on the football. So in terms of an under-the-radar guy, he could be another one to watch. So uh, I guess my answer is a little wishy-washy. I haven't seen enough from any of them where I say, oh, these guys are going to be great when Bradbury and Slayer are gone. Don't even worry about it. They're going to be starting next year. No, I have not seen that at all. But I do like the, the general roster philosophy of, hey, let's throw a bunch of darts at these young guys, let's see who performs in training camp in the preseason. Like, if you just get one starter out of those guys you mentioned, Ringo, uh, yeah. Goodrich, Ricks, even Joe, like, that, that's a pretty good outcome, you know, given that you haven't really dumped a lot of resources there uh, to acquire those guys. So that, that's kind of how, how I look at it with those cornerbacks. Yeah, I like it. I like a good take. I, I completely agree. We haven't seen enough, but there's certainly a little bit of juice in there to get to get excited about what their their ceiling is, right? As opposed to um, them having uh, low ceilings. I think they've all got pretty high ceilings, um, but it's just how <clears throat> how high they can climb up. Um, moving on to the next one. Aside from injury luck, what is the one thing that could genuinely put the Eagles at risk of not making the playoffs this season? Oof, not making the playoffs at all. Now that's interesting. I like this is this is a true Eagles fan here thinking of how are they not going to make uh, the <laughs> yeah, playoffs? You got it. It, warms, yeah, yeah. it warms my heart. You know, everyone's been a little. Everyone's feeling so good and too positive. I need some of that feeling from my youth when everyone just assumed the worst thing was going to happen at all times with this football team. That's what I'm used to. Um, it, it's honestly it's really hard for me to come up if Jalen Hurts is healthy. Yeah for the for like 14 15 games it's really hard for me to come up with a scenario now it could be there's other bad luck you know it could be turnover luck where all of a sudden we're saying Jalen Hurts has six interceptions in three games but four of them were tipped at the line of scrimmage and uh you know or one of them the receiver ran the wrong route that kind of stuff I just think their offense has such a high floor that unless it's the worst injury luck you can imagine that that's going to be enough to get them uh, into the postseason. Now, I can paint a scenario where the defense takes a big step back. You know, they, they don't replace Javon Hargrave's production as an interior pass rusher. I mentioned it with the cornerbacks. Maybe their play declines a little bit. Maybe linebacker is a complete disaster where the guys we just mentioned, it's like, shoot, none of those guys could play. You thought in the past they had linebacker issues. This linebacker crew is just getting picked on every week, the safeties. Uh, so it's, it's easier for me to come up with a worst-case scenario on defense, but even then, I'm kind of like the offense is probably going to be, uh, you know, good enough to raise them to a level where I think there would at least be a wild card team in the week NFC. I guess the other thing which Mick brought up earlier, special teams is something that generally you're not thinking about as a, you know, who's going to make the playoffs. And it's hard to predict because there's so much randomness involved. But um, that would be another area where if you have like a bottom five special teams unit and you're turning the ball over um, and you're giving up field position, then that's another one where all of a sudden you lose a few win wins become losses. And all of a sudden you're on the outside looking at. Uh, yeah, I, I like I like that take a lot. Um, Mick, I want to yeah. throw question seven to you, please. 
because I think it's an interesting one that happened I yesterday. So. I don't even have uh, I, I, I'm counting on you guys. I just, I'm just here for the take. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just here. To, to All right, okay. I'll, I'll, ask the the I'll ask the question. I'll ask the question. <clears throat> uh, Isaiah Rogers, uh, pick up by the wizard. You're a wizard, Howie. Uh, the wizard, Howie Roseman, um, yesterday, he was suspended for gambling um, and he can't play till next year, but by all intents and purposes, one of the best, best cornerbacks and returners in the league. Ah, talk to me about that, Shiel. Yeah, I think it was a wise, uh, not, I was going to say a wise gamble. I guess I should probably choose another word uh, given <laughs> the uh, circumstances there. But uh, I thought it was <laughs> a smart move by the Eagles and Howie Rosen. You don't need him this year, you know, and so you take a flyer on him. He gets put on that, I forget what it's called, the reserve suspended list or whatever, but basically doesn't count towards your 53. And, you know, I don't know about, like, best – you know, I I don't know how good he is as a corner. I'll just say that. But I do know he was going to start for the Colts this year. So, at the minimum, this was somebody who was a projected starter uh, for a team this season. He's still young. You let him – he takes the year off, he's suspended, and then you bring him in next year uh, into the off-season activities, into training camp. I don't know when he can officially rejoin the team. And it goes to the point we were discussing earlier. You're starting two corners over 30. Who are the young corners who are going to replace them? We named a bunch of guys, but now you could throw someone in the mix there who's actually played and played at, you know, at a minimum, like a competent, okay, average starting uh, level. And so um, I, I thought that was a smart, uh, smart move uh, by Howie and the Eagles. Yeah, at the risk of like name dropping so many Eagles beat writers here, it, to answer your question, um, ESP yesterday put a tweet out that he was the sixth best cornerback in coverage with a, with a minimum of 20% um, snaps played and the fifth overall cornerback, according to Pro Football Focus in 2022. So um, he's got some, he's got some, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I didn't really know much about him before the trade. So it's not like he's flashing off the screen. Um, maybe one of those guys where you don't hear much about him because he's locking down wide receivers more often than making big splash interceptions perhaps but um certainly um one one to um focus on um because mick doesn't have it open i'll go ahead and ask the next the next question as well and i want to bring up i want to bring up something that you mentioned a minute ago and i'm gonna i'm gonna um i'm gonna make you make a a, a take here uh Sheil, or i'm gonna ask you to i can't make you do anything i'm gonna ask you to make a take uh your the ringer articles released over the last couple of days um, ranking the offenses in the NFL for the coming season and the defenses. Fascinating reading, by the way. Really great piece. Really gives um, a fan of a team an insight into the other teams um, when maybe they don't pay too much attention. So if you haven't if you haven't read these, go and check it out on theringer.com. Um, fantastic piece there, Shield. And um, spoiler alert, because I'm going to have to, for those listening in, the Eagles were ranked number two offense in the league, according to you, with the Chiefs at number one. Um, don't think many people would disagree with that. Um, and but what some people might disagree with, and you made a point a second ago that you find it easier to make a scenario where the defense is the reason the Eagles regress. And you had the Eagles ranked at 16 of the 32 teams on defense. And um, considering the amount of sacks the Eagles had last year, you mentioned they haven't replaced Hassan Reddick, but they did sign Jalen Carter um, as, as, a, as a rookie um, this year. Um, and you have the Chiefs at 17 
right? So I'm playing out a scenario in my head right now, and I'm thinking Super Bowl time, right? You've got the Chiefs as the 17th best defense. Mm-hmm. Don't know whether that was on purpose. You've got the Eagles as the 16th best defense, and you've got the Eagles as the first, uh, second best offense, and the Chiefs as the first best offense. You, that, I mean, Phil on this podcast, he's called a fence for his fence takes. I mean, that feels like a, a fence scenario you've built there. If, if, if I'm going to ask you to back up these claims that you've made and you see the Eagles playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl next year, uh, is where are, you, where are you landing on that? Yeah, I think, you know, I didn't even realize that, honestly, until you mentioned it, that I, I, you're right. I had them each uh, one spot away from the other. And the reason I, I know the Eagles defense rank will probably surprise people. I just, when I'm doing my preseason stuff, I look at a lot of the, there are the, a lot of the random things that we look at that can happen in the course of a football game. We like to think we analyze every single thing and we know what's going to happen, but there's like injuries are the biggest thing in football. Like the Eagles had all 11 defensive starters healthy for the Super Bowl last year. I mean, think about that. You all watched the Eagles for a long time. I mean, that never happens. We have all 11 starters from week one. I've been saying it, and I get shut down for it. I, I bring up right. I bring up, we're not going to be healthy again this year, and then everyone just shouts yeah. at me to shut up. <laughs> Even if, yeah, I mean, they could be like one of the five healthiest teams, but that's still yeah. more injured than they were last year. So you would expect that, you know, that would come back down to earth. Uh, they got a lot of good uh, turnover and I don't want to just say turnover luck because I know you're people listening to this saying, what are, you, what are you talking about? Creating turnovers means you have a good defense. And that's true. There's some skill to it. There's some luck to it. There's some, how many terrible quarterbacks did we play? I mean, I'll tell you what, if you play <laughs> yeah. Zach Wilson twice a year and you play Patrick Mahomes twice a year, the team that plays Zach Wilson twice a year is going to have more takeaways than the team that played Patrick Mahomes. So that's another thing uh, I think you have to look at. And then they just did have a lot of turnover on defense, I mean, I love Jalen Carter, but if you look at the history of first-round pick defensive tackles, like you're mm-hmm. lucky to get four sacks out of a first-round pick who's a defensive tackle. Now, he could be the exception. He's got that upside. He's got that ceiling. Uh, don't get me wrong. So, anyway, those are the reasons why I think, you know, the Eagles might come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to say until the Chiefs give up that belt, uh, you have to just uh, – you have to give it yeah. to them. I mean, they won mm-hmm. the Super Bowl last year. They still have – Patrick Mahomes, I mean, the Eagles were right there. Don't get me wrong. That was a tight game. They had the lead uh, at halftime. A couple plays here and there uh, go the other way. They win that football game. But, uh, yeah, even though I'm on a Eagles podcast here, I guess I should – I guess I could have just said Eagles here. And then if I go on a Chiefs podcast, I could have said Chiefs. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of crossover there. So I could have lied. But, listen, I'm trying try to teach my kids, be honest. Uh, you know, don't, don't, so I'll be honest here. Uh, I would, I would give the Chiefs the slight edge. Shout out to uh, Arrowheads Abroad, the um, the UK Chiefs um, podcast. Maybe you can maybe you can hook those guys up, um, give give them a little bit of juice back on their side. Um, no more updates as of yet, Aldo. I've just had a okay. Oh wow, okay. This is a is it a surprise? I'm not sure. The Eagles are waving 2024 round pick Kayvon Wallace. Sources said, mm. "Is that the first time Kayvon Wallace has been waived from?" The fifty-three man roster. I, I don't. I don't know enough to confirm that, but I think it might be. That's, it, sa- um, it sounds right mm. to me. Yeah, I mean, he was mm. definitely someone who I think, like, the thought was that he was going to make the roster. You know, like he, even the, one of the first practices I went out to, he was getting reps with the first team, and it felt to me like he had a better camp this year than he's had 
previously. And we know that's kind of a thin, I don't know, thin is the right word, but we don't know who their two best safeties are. I mean, we, I guess we know one Reed Blankenship's going to be a starter, but we don't yeah. know who's going to be alongside him. And so um, I think that one is pretty interesting. I, I would definitely qualify. Not, not that I thought he was going to be uh, a big, you know, piece for them this year, but he was someone who I thought was probably a back end of the roster guy, plays special teams and maybe can compete for some playing times if there's some injuries ahead of him. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm pretty, pretty wild. And after, after you leave the podcast, um, Phil, me, you and Mick are going to discuss the 53 together. Apologies, just trying to get all these questions in while we have Sugar Party. By the way, Ben Simmons has just been asked, um, where would he like to be traded to if anywhere? And he said Philadelphia. <laughs> I have no idea why that's happened. But there you go. And slight segue into another, into another sport. I think I need to keep Twitter up more often when we're doing these podcasts. This is great fun. Um, so, um Shield, conscious of time, um, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to just go quick fire on you for 2023 uh, Eagles predictions here. Um, so let's go with with uh, the one that you've probably been asked or, or, or said a number of times already, and that's what, what are, what's the Eagles winning record going to be, or is it going to be a winning record? I think we know it will be. Yeah, I've got them at 11 and 6. Uh, I was tempted to go a little bit higher. I just looked at it. Schedules tougher. You got that stretch in the middle of the season where you're Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle. Uh, I just think the schedule's tougher. And then some of the things I mentioned earlier, I mean, we were talking about the defense, but they had all 22 starters healthy for the Super Bowl offense and defense. And so uh, I think once those depth pieces get tested a little bit more, it becomes a little bit harder. Maybe the bounces don't go your way. So uh, I still think they're a really good team. Like if you told me, no, Shield, you're nuts and I think they're going to win 13 or 14 games I would say yeah I actually think that's possible too I mean they were what 16 and 2 with Jalen Hurts as a starter last year and I think Hurts is going to be terrific uh this year so uh, I guess I always try to be a little non-homerish with with Philadelphia being my hometown that if I'm deciding between two numbers I'll pick the lower one just to kind of account uh, for that hey you, you might be too close to it don't I like go with it. the higher one I like one, it so. yeah, yeah I like I've that 11 and 6 Little, little, um, little uh, check bias on yourself there. That's right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I like, I like that a lot. All right, offensive player of the year, 2023-24 season. Go. Is this, is this the, is this the non-Jalen Hurts category, or could Jalen Hurts be my choice? No, we'll go non-Jalen Hurts category. I, I think okay. that's probably the. I'll be very surprised if, if it wasn't Jalen Hurts. But yeah, let's go non-Jalen Hurts category. Well, I do think Jalen Hurts is going to be awesome just to put – like I don't think – all these other factors we talked about regressing, uh, I think Hurts is going to be as good or better than he was last year. I think he's going to take strides as a passer. He's only 25 years old, and I'm just looking at the improvement from one year to the next and how that guy is wired and how much Eagles fans you know, just love that. You don't have to worry about this guy putting in the work and setting the tone. So I'll just say like I, I think he's a legit MVP candidate. Love that. He'll be like a, a top five type player in the NFL. So non Jalen Hurts category. Let's go with Devontae, Devontae Smith. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a big year. You know, he's due for a big contract probably uh, next off season. I just think he's like, uh, you know, if, if he were out on the open trade market right now, what you would get for him, I think people would be uh, stunned by the legit number one. You put him, think about it, you put him on that Chiefs offense. I know Eagles fans don't want to picture this, but I'm just saying <laughs> the Chiefs don't have a lot of talent there. I mean, Devontae Smith do would probably lead the NFL in receiving yards. He would. You know, in, yeah. in another offense if he had that kind of volume. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't remember who was saying it today. I think about Peter Schrager on Good Morning Football was saying that um, he thinks this year Devontae Smith is going to be in the same conversation as Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, uh, and, and the like. He thinks he's going to make that biggest step up. And I mean, he's had an incredible first two years as an Eagles player, most yards in the first two years as an Eagles player at, at being drafted as a rookie in Eagles history. So, um, uh, yeah, love Devontae Smith. Interesting comparison between him and A.J. Brown going on around Eagles social media today, um, which A.J. Brown has commented on. Breaking news, the Eagles have made a trade. The Eagles Ooh. have traded. Bron- the Broncos have traded tight end. I'm going to give this a go. Albert Okawala boom, but I've screwed that up. Albert, 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 Albert. <laughs> and a 2025 20, seventh round pick for the Eagles' 2025 sixth round pick. So they swap sixth and seventh, and the Eagles get um, the tight end AO, I'm going to call him for the rest of this podcast. What do you reckon about yeah. that, Shield? But a breaking news. I like it. Albert O was kind of a guy who I, two years ago, <laughs> A lot of people were sort of uh, excited about this guy. I mean, he was somebody with the ball in his hands, uh, was doing some interesting stuff. I think people thought last year he could be kind of a uh, a breakout candidate. So you really don't give up anything uh, to acquire him. Gives you a little bit more depth there. At Ty- I mean, really, like, you know, when you were saying Tyree Jackson, like the bye guy bye, you Tyree. want him <laughs> to develop into is probably a guy like, you know, yeah. uh, Albert O. Uh, already home. is so yeah i i know i i'll learn how to i actually don't like when people do that because when people screw up my name shield kapati i'm like it's not that hard just learn no, it. No, i, I no, will no. learn it for the audience just hey. breaking news you caught me off guard I, like, I mean phil just came in out of nowhere and it's like i'll pronounce this and uh you know won't even think twice so i don't have uh i'm not i'm not that skilled to be able to do it <laughs> There is a backstory to that, Shil. We've got some uh, good friends of ours, the Shall We Football podcast out in South um, Carolina. Yeah. And they do a, a a name game at the end of every podcast. They had the same list of players for about two years. And I went on about three times, and every time I had to pronounce this guy's name. So um, <laughs> gotcha. I've, affected, I've affected it. And uh, yeah, Albert Ogwegbanam is the. Uh, is, is the... There you go. It's not hard. Ogwegbanam. I got it already. You got Along it. You with, nailed. You nailed it. <laughs> I think that their 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 absolute kicker was um, uh, Kaimi Fairbairn's uh, true name, which is about sixty five letters long. But we won't go into that right now. Anyway, carry on, Liam. No, no, it's fine. I, hey, hey, I've been called Neil half my life. My name, my name is Liam O'Neill. So um, uh, I, I know I know what you're talking about. All right. Um, um, so we've done offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year. Shield. We'll try. We'll try and go through these a bit quicker for you. Defensive player of the year for the Eagles. Let's go with go with Josh Sweat. We'll go with Josh oh, Sweat. Still in player. Yeah. Could go with Hassan Reddick. Could go uh with somebody else. But uh I, I think Sweat is somebody who still his best football uh is ahead of him. So let's go with him. I love that. You've been you've been short talking to Zach Berman too much, though, I reckon, because I know Zach <laughs> Berman's a big uh, Josh Sweat boy. I heard him on your Ringer podcast there uh, a week or so ago. That was a really, uh, really good episode. Um, by the way, if I haven't mentioned it already, you've got to go and listen to the Philly special podcast, Shield Kapadia. Um, absolutely sensational. Um, and we, I, I miss you not being there on Birds of Friends, Shield. Not going to lie. I miss you not being there. But it's good because now I get to listen to two two great podcasts every week. There you I'm, go. Twice the content. Year. Twice the content. Uh, all right. Rookie Offensive Player of the Year. Is there many candidates for this? Just trying to think. 
I guess it has to be Tyler Steen, right? I mean, who else would it be? Uh, I do think he's an under-the-radar player, honestly, though, because I I think if they have any injuries on the offensive line, uh, Steen is somebody who's practiced at both left tackle and guard, and that's something Jeff Stoutland usually doesn't do. So that tells me that Stoutland's like, this guy can handle it. He's smart enough. Uh, Let's throw him out there. I actually think Steen's going to be a guy who they're going to have to lean on uh, at some point this year. I like I, I like that. Uh, the only other scenario I could possibly think of, and y- you'll all tell me to shut up now, is Jalen Hurts. J- Jalen Hurts goes down. Uh, Marcus Mariota comes in and he plays like he's played in preseason. And Tanner McKee comes in and that's you know, true. Plays like Carson Wentz. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> what the odds are on that. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. But maybe maybe there's a scenario you that happens. Absolutely love you. Love to jinx the team. <laughs> I, I really don't. Really. I really don't. Um, all right. Uh, rookie defensive player of the year. I feel like this might be an easy uh, one as well. Yeah, it's got to be Jalen Carter for even what I said earlier about it usually doesn't happen for defensive tackles right away. I just think he could be the exception. I mean, pre-draft process, I thought he was the best non-quarterback in the draft. The concern was obviously the off-field stuff, and by all accounts, that's been okay. Uh, so far, obviously, something you monitor uh, and yeah. keep an eye on. But I, I just had no questions about him from a talent perspective. And, uh, you know, you just see how the other uh, players talk about him. They mm. usually – that that's like always a good gauge to me is when yeah. the veterans on the team – because the veterans don't want to, you know, talk about a rookie coming in and being awesome usually. That's not really what they do. And so when they do do that, that usually means that guy has been turning some heads uh, in practices that, you know, maybe the media and the public haven't even seen that this guy could be special. Uh, and, and I love Fletcher Cox asked about like his role and his role is basically to teach him how to be a professional, which I just think is absolutely awesome. Um, right. A couple more here. We'll quickly fly through. So will three Eagles players have over a thousand yards receiving this year? I.e. we're talking about Devontae Smith, AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard, because there's a lot of mouths to feed shield. Yeah, I will say no because of that. Uh, like Goddard's plenty capable. Uh, again, he's another guy. You plug him in another offense where he's like, you know, if you were on like the Ravens in that Mark Andrews role and he was their leading target getter, absolutely. I would say he could, you know, other than Travis Kelsey, he could uh, absolutely be right there. I think he's a top four, top five tight end. But to your point, is he going to get enough targets? Is he going to stay healthy enough? Uh, so for all those three guys to stay healthy, and get enough targets, um, it feels like one guy will probably fall a little bit short of a 1,000. So I'll say no. Okay, I'm going to scrap some of the rest of the questions because I'm constant your time. And I just got one final one for you, Shiel. Um, there is 11 minutes left. Are the Eagles going to trade for Jonathan Taylor? And should they? <laughs> uh, I will say no, they're not going to. But I don't feel confident about it if you said She'll shut up. I have breaking news. I got to <laughs> announce this right right now. The Eagles have traded for Jonathan Taylor. I wouldn't say you're joking. I think that's possible. Um, I would consider it. Now, I'm generally in the camp of don't give up significant resources uh, for running backs. At the same time, if I'm trading for him and it's just a one-year commitment, I say, listen, we're not. you're not getting a new contract from us right now. But if you want to come here and play for one year and I'm giving up a day two pick, for you. Uh, I'm, I generally err on the side of be aggressive when you have a Super Bowl window. And I think he's a special back with Jalen Hurts with this offensive line, with the scheme. Um, I would probably say, okay, I can understand uh, why you did that, Howie Roseman, Eagles, because um, he's somebody who could easily lead the league in rushing in this scheme. So if you think he's healthy, 
If he's good just playing on a one-year contract and there's no guarantees or commitment beyond that, um, yes, I would consider giving up uh, a day two pick. Anything more than that, I would be a no. But if you're saying, you know, third round pick, second round pick for one year, uh, I would I would probably be pretty attracted by that. I, I am. I, I agree uh, completely. Uh, <clears throat> I I would rather save the draft cap. I would rather save the um, the money for later in the season when, as we both have pointed out, the Eagles aren't going to be as healthy as they have been in recent years. Right. And they need to go and replace someone on the offensive line. They need to go and replace someone on the defensive line. They need to go and replace someone on a quarterback. Jalen Hurts can win the Super Bowl with his team without Jonathan Taylor. Jalen Hurts can't win the Super Bowl without a right tackle, left tackle, or you know, those pieces or a significant drop off at the other positions. And um, Mick, Phil, we're going to continue this conversation about Jonathan Taylor together. And we're going to count down for the last nine minutes. Sheil, I'm really, really grateful of your time. I know we're a few minutes over what we agreed. And I know you're going to want to be um, live in action when this 53-man roster drops um, at 4 p.m. your time. So huge thank you from me to you guys apologies to mick and phil for taking over and getting through these questions while we had you and um, we'll pick up all the rest of those questions between us but she'll just a big thank you as my cat jumps up to say hello um as well right at the end um for joining us she and um we'll get you on at the end of the season hopefully see how your predictions went yes absolutely thanks for having me uh early congratulations uh on the wedding, late happy birthday to Mick, even though he doesn't want it. And uh, to Phil, I guess just congratulations on Albert Oquebo. Oh, oh, my God. So that's why. Congratulations. Appreciate uh, it. So, yeah, uh, appreciate uh, you guys having me and uh, have fun with the rest of the podcast. You too, Shield. Uh, good luck with the ringer. Good luck with the rest of the Philly season going to the games with your daughter. Love your work. We love following what you do. And um, take care, man. All right. Take care, guys. You too. Celebrate victories, rally through challenges, and bond with fellow fans as you toast with a dram of Loch Lomond single malt whiskey. From tailgating gatherings to watch parties at home, Loch Lomond whiskey becomes an essential companion, enhancing the moments that make football so extraordinary. It's the perfect accompaniment from the joy of victory to the bittersweet moments of defeat. Loch Lomond offer a wide range of malts with their flagship perfectly balanced, and signature expressions inch moan and inch muren to suit any taste palate. Celebrate greatness on and off the field this season with a perfect balance of Loch Lomond whiskey and Eagles football. From the first pour to the crowd roar. Fly Eagles fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. Too right, Mick. And I'm all, I am drinking a nice inch murren here as we did that nice interview with Sheila Kapadia. My apologies for taking over. Wanted to get Mr. Kapadia as much time as possible to answer the questions we had prepped for him. Um, but now it's time to throw it over to you guys because we have some more breaking news, folks. It's so much fun having breaking news on a podcast. I can't tell you how much enjoyment it gives me. Two lots of breaking news. The first one is quarterback Eli Ricks has made the 53-man roster. Uh, I don't think that's a massive surprise based on the way he's performed in preseason. I think a lot of people in their 53-man rosters had Ricks um, on the team. 
Are you happy with that, Phil? No big surprises there. I mean, it's a it's a good um, it's a good flip for the guys, undrafted guy. It's always good when the undrafted guys get onto the fifty three because it just goes to show how much of an impact they've made to the team since um, since April. And and he had you know he had the inter- he had the interception and he he had some good plays. Had some uh, not so good plays, but he, he I think he did it. Definitely did enough. He was on the cusp. We wouldn't have been. We would have been disappointed if he'd been cut. But he, um, but he's made the team. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Mick, going to quote you from earlier on today. I might misquote you here, but Eli Ricks pick six, raises dicks and secures his space in the team. Not sure that last bit was. That is the worst paraphrase I've ever heard in my life. It's not untrue though. <laughs> um, listen, there's a bigger piece of breaking news, and and, and because of the lack of airtime I gave Mick, I would normally throw this one over to you, Phil. But breaking news: Jonathan Taylor has not been able to secure a deal at another team. He will return to the inactive pop list for the Colts, and remains to be seen what he does this year. Will he sit out um, and not play during the season and keep himself healthy for a team um, next year? And will he wait and see if there's a trade mid-season when a running back goes down? Not sure. But Mick, thoughts on the biggest topic of the day? And had we known this sooner, we would have got Shield to talk about it a bit more. Jonathan Taylor, the outstanding running back for the Indianapolis Colts. We know the relationship that Philly has with, Indi- with Indianapolis. Um, are, are you what? Just what's your feeling on that? Are, are, you, are you happy? Are you disappointed? Do we miss a trick? Where do you go with this? Because I know there were a lot of people who really, really, really wanted to see JT in green. You mean Phil and Ali? You can just say Phil and Ali. Um, <laughs> I'd say there's a few more. It's been, it's, few been, more. it's been good fun watching the, the back and forth between you and Phil and the group chat about about Jonathan Taylor. And I was hoping um, that you would be able to lock horns on it tonight. Uh, but, you know, time just wasn't on our side. And we know the result. Of of it this time being for the time being anyway, but the thing that gets me most, I, I just feel sorry for Jonathan Taylor at this point, um, because he's been done harshly by Jim Misery and the Colts. Um, they're just not a well-run organization from the chairman's point of view. Can you imagine, um, uh, Jeff Lurie doing something like this to one of our players? I just I can't see it. I can't imagine it. Um, and not only that, this guy, if the Colts don't carry Jonathan Taylor on their 53, he goes on to the pup and he will miss the first, what is it, four games, six games that, of the season? That is, that is confirmed as happening as per Adam Schefter. So that's yeah. he's going to miss the first four games of the season. Yeah. And that's awful. That's awful for him. It's awful for us as a product. It's awful for the NFL. It's awful for everyone. It's true. And, and, you know, do we know if, the, if you know, offers were made, you know, that people were packaging picks together? Uh, it was believed to be the Dolphins, believed to be us. Um, and would it have been exciting? Fucking yes, it would have been exciting. I mean, I would have had my top off and <laughs> whipping it around my head if we if we had traded for Jonathan Taylor because that's what football's about. And, and, and for me, that's the bottom line. It's just what gets me excited on a Sunday evening. And, and that's all that matters to me. I don't care really about the cap. The cap, will de- how we will deal with the cap how he will deal with resources, how he does what the fuck he wants, and he's the best GM in the NFL, and pretty much everybody says it. 
all the other GMs say it, all the beat writers say it. Um, I think there was an athletic article this week um, about all the know, scouts, what the agents were saying as well, and and they're all saying it. So agents, I have yeah. that most, I have that most faith in Howie, and to bring in a player like Taylor, it would be, it would just be really, really, really exciting to watch. And and I mean, I know it's just it's, it's we don't need it, but the the, the excitement factor just just eclipses it for me. So I completely, I completely disagree. But before I go on that rampage about the excitement factor over what we need, Phil, have you have you have the same mindset that you would have just loved to have seen him in Midnight Green and Kelly Green this year? Yes, I would have absolutely loved to see him. And Justice for Taylor changed my headline. It was signed Taylor at the start. Just, of Justice for Taylor. I like that. Taylor. Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Like Mick said, I feel bad for the guy because he is an outstanding talent and he's going to waste even just four weeks if he gets activated after um, of IR into the season. I highly doubt he's going to go back to the Colts. So you're probably right. He is going to go 12 months, hold out. Maybe he gets a trade. Maybe the Eagles see how the season starts, come back in for him when he gets activated and before the trade deadline, come back in for him. I highly doubt that now. Um, from the point of view, like you know, Mick said, we were hoping that you and I were going to get into this, and it does feel a little bit anticlimactic now. Um, but it was more from a point of view that we didn't know how good last season was going to be. And imagine if Jonathan Taylor was available at the trade deadline last year. Would that change things? Maybe not. But if you knew you were going to be in this position 12 months ago, you'd be making plans for moments like this, you know, the JHIE signing in 2017, those sort of signings that you make because this is the year. Now, is this the is this year the year? I think based on last year, based on Jalen Hurst, based on where we feel as a franchise, as where we feel as a fan base, how excited we are for the team coming to this season. And I tell you this, I've never been so excited for this season in my life. And that is partly because we're going to Philly and all that sort of stuff. But generally, because of where the team is um, as well, we've got the ability to sign players like that. And, and I, I'm, I felt that way about Swift on a smaller scale during the draft. When we signed him, I was like, this is a move. This is a good move in that direction. But then it's like that whole, that meme, you know, the guy walking down the street with his girlfriend looking over his shoulder and the memes that come out going, you know, in the... The, the girlfriend's offended because he's staring at the other girl walking the other way. I think that would be a perfectly acceptable situation because you'd be looking, you'd be walking down the street with Swift going, oh, there's Taylor. Um, and you'd find it hard not to go with that. But to say that I'm disappointed, I think is, or, or I'm devastated, sorry, is, is a stretch because I'm also the fence, as we know. So I, I look at both sides and, and I look at it from the aspect of going, Liam's not wrong in his logic but i'm that this was a rare moment where i was allowing my um can we clip that mick please as a like an intro <laughs> to the podcast i'll be cutting it from the podcast of anything <laughs> this, 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 this was this was my Bijan robinson 2.0 moment this is like i know it's not the sensible move but i want this because i feel like mm. this would give me something and give the team something that would be actually you know it's not substantial it's just that that layer of this meet we meet imagine it 
scratch that. Imagine if that we had signed Jonathan Taylor right now. What that message would send to the rest of the league. What they would put them on notice. They'd be sat there going, "Oh shit, the Eagles have just signed Jonathan Taylor." <laughs> what are we going to do when the Eagles come into town? And I'm talking to you, Patrick Mahomes and Kansas mm-hmm. City Chiefs. You'd be sat there going, "Oh shit, they really mean business." Trying to take over from us, like that's how you do it. That's how you topple the king. You throw everything you've got at it. And I feel like this has been a nice little five-minute monologue, but that's my piece, yeah. and that's how I feel about it. But I'm happy with the team. I'm not. I'm not sat here wallowing in sorrow. I'm just slightly sad that we didn't get that cherry on top. I'm absolutely fucking delighted um, that we didn't <laughs> trade for Jonathan Taylor. Um, we haven't had a chance to to go at it. And I reckon we still can go out of here, even though we know the result a little bit here. And I think I'm against both of you here a little bit. I get the excitement factor, Mick. And I get you want something to excite you on a Sunday. That's me. Sorry. <laughs> That's the first sneeze on the podcast. Um, but for me, it's about winning Super Bowls. Uh, and nothing else matters for me. Now that I've tasted that Super Bowl, uh, Dallas fans say it all the time. Even though they haven't even been anywhere near it, um, they'll be like Super Bowls or nothing. Once you once you win a Super Bowl, the Super Bowls are nothing. And I think that the Eagles could win a Super Bowl without Jonathan Taylor. I think they've got enough gas in the running back room. Yeah, there's potential for injuries with um, both Penny and Swift, but there's potential for injuries with uh, Jonathan Taylor as well. I mean, he's not been the most fit and healthy. You say Justice Taylor, Phil, and that's your little tagline there, which I like. The reality is he's been a workhorse um, for the Colts and has had injuries because of it. And we've seen that in the in, in the league with with C-Mac uh, and the amount of injuries that he's had. Yes, he bounced back and he's still an incredible player. I just don't know what message it sends to the team. I, I, I know the message it sends to the league. What message does it say to the team when you have three very competent slash four very competent running backs in the squad already? For me, it is not a position that the Eagles needed to strengthen. There are many other areas of the, of the field that they need to strengthen. You could talk to me about him being a, an incredible Pro Bowl running back. Uh, when's the last time the Eagles, any team won the Super Bowl with a Pro Bowl running back? You, you're going back many, many years. You look at the average salary cap of a Super Bowl winning team over the last seven years, and it's like 1.9 million, you know, which is the salary cap of probably two or three of our running backs combined going into the season. And for me, and I know I banged this drum on a, a little bit, I know people don't like it, but the Eagles are not going to be as healthy this year. They're just not. The odds are not in their favor. The odds are not in their favor. They've had two really healthy seasons in a row. This podcast was started, it used to be called Next Man Up, for those who've listened to it for a while. And that was because we were used to Doug Peterson going into the press conference and saying, Next Man Up, because someone has gone down. That could very easily happen to the Eagles this year. And you can replace a running back behind an amazing offensive line. You cannot replace right tackles, left tackles, defensive tackles easily. And somewhere in this season, there is going to be a need for the Philadelphia Eagles and Harry Roseman to use draft cap to sign a replacement on their lines, which is going to be the difference between them making it to the Super Bowl or not. Jonathan Taylor is not the difference maker to take to the Super Bowl. He might be the difference maker to win you the Super Bowl when you get there. If you're fit and healthy everywhere else, I'll, I'll absolutely agree with that. Um, and and it's, it's, a scary, it's a scary team to face. But 
if I look at our, our depth in other places, I look at cornerback, I look on the defensive offensive line, if some of the key players go down, if either of my ladder or Johnson go down, I know it would cost a bit more than what we would have to pay for Taylor, but at least it's we still have that to package it up with something else to replace those guys. And for that reason, I know it's not sexy. I know it's not sexy at all, and I know it's not exciting, but I, I genuinely, de- I would say delighted that the Eagles have not... Um, trading for I, I actually am i've been saying it for the last no. week and a half. i'm i'm genuinely delighted how roseman has made the right i reckon they tried all of the all of the messages yeah. out there on social media at the moment right now as they're coming through are saying it just wasn't enough the deal wasn't enough dolphins and eagles clearly tried to try and sign him but i think the right decision has been made by i i don't players. i can't i can't see you saying i think delighted is it's such a it's such a i don't know an antagonistic Ecstatic, I think ecstatic. you can you can use relieved. You can just be like, I'm just okay. I'm relieved. I'm, I'm okay. happy where I am. Like okay. I think delighted to say you're delighted not to have Jonathan Taylor on the team is absolutely, it's just absolutely mind blowing. I mean, uh, you. Yeah. I, I believe it you know, though. I believe it. I believe it. I I, I, I am I happy. Believe I am believe not relieved. I would be sitting here like this if I was relieved, right? I'm I'm right up here and I'm I'm smiling. I'm happy that this hasn't happened. Uh, I, I genuinely know, I am. Know. I want to see what Swift can do without spending that cap. I want to see what Sermon can do without spending that cap. Playoff Kenny. Right? I want to see what he can do this year. Boston Scott, I want to see him put loads of touchdowns up on the Giants again this year. We don't need another running back. <laughs> no, we don't. To, and I, to... I'll happily eat my words if if Swift goes out goes down and injured, Penny goes down and injured, and game will turns out to be bust. I'll happily eat my words. But right now, right. there's going to be a point in the season where I'm going to turn to both of you and I'm going to go. I told you we needed that money. Two things, right? Two things on what you've what you've just said. First thing is to do with the the cap situation, and and we don't have the cap space. We wouldn't spend that money, okay? Put yourself six months ago and substitute Miles Sanders for Jonathan Taylor. Would you have paid Jonathan Taylor if he was already an Eagle, given the production that he'd done? What kind of money are we talking here? I, let's not get into specifics. I'm just talking about the notion. Well, I think of, it matters. It matters because, okay. Yeah. I'm talking about giving. Yeah, it's hard for me to do this analogy in terms of the statistical. What, side. what did Sanders get paid, Mick? Eight million? Six, uh, seven 24, million? 20, 24 over four, I think it was. Yeah, tw- okay. Yeah. So six, seven, eight million a year. Six, we didn't right. we didn't pay him and then for what he's getting paid at the Panthers we have now four or five running backs obviously given the current situation we've cut a couple but so we're not paying Trey Sermon if we had Taylor instead of Sanders I feel like the situation would have been different and what I'm trying to say is that I feel like we would have just paid Taylor rather than Sanders the reason we didn't want to pay Sanders because yeah. he wasn't quite at that level. So what I'm talking about I agree. is that, that if you talk about the reason the cap situation, like, yeah, now we've got rid of Sanders and we've got a nice little smorgasbord board of running backs for a nice little tidy sum of about six, seven million. That's a good situation to be in. But if you're giving me Taylor, if you're to- giving me Taylor as the main running back and his support is Gainwell and Boston Scott and we have to pay Taylor. Yeah, I'll take it all day. I, I agree yeah. with you. I, I would take, I would take that all day and I, and I would pay that. But, but, but with Swift and, and um, Penny being there, at the moment, two running yeah. backs who, when they're fit and healthy, are two of the best running backs in the league. Let's remind ourselves they're not. No, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have signed Swift. Yeah, yeah. We, I, I, we would, I would agree Swift. with you. I would take that. We would, and we I would, would, we would have. Yeah, we'd have, to, we'd have Taylor now. Now, the, 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 the second point is actually evaded me, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I, I'm so passionate about the first one, right? and if it comes up, I'll, I'll jump in. But you can. Yeah. Um, 
No, no, uh, it, it, it's a good debate and something that we've, um, you know, late into the evening been debating over WhatsApp. I know Mick mentioned earlier he wanted us to get into it a little bit, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my point that given the current situation, I, I am delighted that the Eagles have not signed Jonathan I think deli- I also think delighted is the wrong word to use. And I know you're doing it on purpose and it's fine, but delighted <laughs> is the wrong word to use. I'm not relieved. But <clears throat> I am relieved. Maybe I'm not delighted. Somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of relieved and delighted is how I feel. And, and, and I don't buy this historical thing where, you know, running backs don't win Super Bowls. You know, we you don't think, like stats. No, I just don't. I don't believe that it's, it's I think it's made up. It's made up stats. Mm. Like, it, it doesn't tell the whole story about every Super Bowl that's ever been played. It's just, it's, it's picking small bits to suit your argument more than anything else because J.H.I. really helped us towards that Super Bowl. If we didn't have him, we probably might, I mean, we might not win that Super Bowl. That's a running back. Um, you watched the Super Bowl that's just gone by. Miles Sanders was fucking terrible in that Super Bowl. And if we had established a run game, maybe there's a chance we win that game. So again, another, another instance of recent memory in the same team where a running back helps you win a Super Bowl. Pacheco ran all over us for the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, a running back making a difference in a Super Bowl. So these things go both ways. So and that's what I, that's that's what, that's what I said. Argument that saying, oh, well, every team that's won the, the Super Bowl has only paid you know, a running back $1.8 million. So fucking what, man? It doesn't matter. The, the guy's making the plays on the field. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So I'm not disputing the fact that when you get to the Super Bowl, Running backs can help you in the Super Bowl. But getting to the Super Bowl. The NFC is weak as piss. Mm. We should be getting to the Super Bowl. So you, I just remembered. You, sorry. No, I carry on. No, I just remembered. No, 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 go, go, go on, go on. It was go. to do with the injury, injury situation that you were, you were mentioning as well mm-hmm. and, and Jonathan Taylor. And I think the, the mentality that we're not going to be as healthy again kind of fits in with what we were what you guys were touching on just then which is the whole historical and we've we've had the historical historical bias and the conversation that we had last night mm-hmm. much the sort of like the the grandeur of the uh the whatsapp group but well, there's a few bottles of wine deep by them by the way <laughs> oh yeah i was, I was loving it too um people were getting out the popcorn it was bank holiday today. monday it was bank holiday monday i've been in the pub all day <laughs> but for me the injury, like we, the Eagles will not be this healthy again. We will not have two seasons on the bounce um, as healthy as we are. Is such a 2017 to 2019 way of thinking. And mm-hmm. since Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff, the way they train, the way they prepare for a season, mm-hmm. all the changes that have been made since the times of next man up being formed because no one could stay healthy on the pitch um, and we had constant backup after backup and the next man up after next man up I want to give a little bit of credit to the team for reforming the way they do things and and it's not I don't believe it's just luck I don't think it's like a oh because you know like a gambler's perspective like I got away with that one therefore the next the next card down is going to be the one that kills me it's not that. That. It's, I think it's I think it's a case of the team has definitely changed the way it approaches preparing and, and conditioning for a season that that the way the amount and the severity and the regularity of of in players going down is reduced so i'm less 
kind of going, look, the floor is about to fall out from underneath me. The glass floor is about to shatter and everything's going to come crashing down. Like I get that as a, as a, as a fence person, I'm always worried about the everything coming down and, 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 and just falling like, Oh, we, we got lucky. Well, did we get as lucky as you think we got, or did we change the right things? And we're now keeping the right players fit. We're, we're training a little bit less, with a little bit less intensity because at the end of the day, stats in training camp don't really matter that much. And as long as you're good to go week one, then, then the team's conditioned the right way. So we might not need to worry so much about players going down as much is what I'm trying to say. I'm hoping as much as I am believing in what I'm saying is that I feel like the team is, even if it's 5% less chance of getting injured, I feel like the team has, like that was a big talking point. I remember in the 2018 season, it was what, you know, they fired the medical staff, they completely revamped it, they brought in new people and they were still getting injured. And then Nick Sirianni and comes in and players don't get injured. I don't believe that's just entirely fluke. I believe there's something that 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 in the the new broom sweeps clean mentality has changed fundamentally. So I feel like we should be optimistic that the team, not just in talent wise, not just in management wise, not just in coaching wise, in fundamental physics of the human body, has also under managed to improve the medical side of things as well. Yeah, I, it's a really good point. I, I really do. I, th- I think we talked about it on a podcast um, at the at the beginning of last season, maybe a few yeah, games in, yeah. and we and we talked we talked specifically about the point you're making, uh, which is the the Eagles have clearly made. Well, we've talked a few times about the fact that they don't um, bring them in for many training sessions in early in the preseason. There's no not as many mandatory camps as other teams have. They don't play their players in the preseason games, whereas. See, it felt like half the league, even Aaron Rodgers is suiting up for his last preseason game for the Jets. It felt like half the league was is doing that this year. So I think it's a really good take. Uh, I really I really do think it's a really good take. I still don't I still think <laughs> the odds, the odds of it being as healthy as it was last year are not in your favor, as opposed to forever in your favor, to quote yeah. a film. I think you're um, both right on this. I think you're both right. Yeah, I agree. Nice. I like That's that. probably enough Jonathan Taylor for one night. Do you think? You reckon? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't talk about it much with Chill, and it's it's a it's a big I'm still constantly okay, so Nick Sirianni and um Harry Roseman are currently talking to the media. So there'll be some updates in the next few minutes as we talk and as I continue to refresh uh, Twitter here on the side. I have to say, I'm absolutely loving this. We have to make sure next year we go live like when the 53-man roster is being announced because it's it's a lot of fun just to um, kind of react to uh, what's going on um, what's going on in, in the league uh, on this day specifically. Let's talk about the guys who we know are making it. Uh, actually, no, let's flip, flip this around a little bit. Um, and we're going to ask one of the questions that we were going to ask Shield Kapadi when he was on. And it's number six for the questions for Shield. And that is who out of practice squad candidates does he think could start? Do we think could start for other teams in the league? So, we're, so we think about some of the guys um, who have been cut, the big ones, Tyree Jackson, Ian Book, <coughs> um, Devin Allen, uh, Britton Covey. 
Greg Ward, Joseph Lingata, Aaron Sipos, um, Brady Russell, Trey Sermon. Out of all those guys, there's a few of us thrown in there. Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle, has been around the, the Eagles for a long time and just keeps going in and out to practice what to the team, hasn't really done much. Um, Mick, go to you first on this one. Um, do you have one or do you have two or do you have three players there that you, you think could start? Um, or, at, or at the very least, when I say start, maybe not be wide receiver one, two, three. They might be wide receiver four, five, um, or, or, or tight end two or three, or, or probably not quarterback two or three because Ian Buck is fucking shite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, you, you got your, your cheeky wee dig in. I'm sorry. Just, yeah. Well, before you go on, before you go on, can I just say there was breaking news tonight that a Notre Dame game um, that was um, projected on the NFL Network um, the other day was the highest watched NFL college, sorry, college game um, in the last three years. So there you go. There's a little shout out to Notre Dame for you and me as the newest Notre Dame fan. <laughs> what a team! What a brand! Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of shocked how many wide receivers that we've cut. From the fifty-three, um, like only carrying the four is quite surprising to me. At least I thought we would at least go five, maybe even six. Um, even though I didn't want to keep Covey, I thought we would keep him just because of what he does for on returns and he's a safe pair of hands. And I thought maybe Ngata would make it, or you know, someone you know that was trying to put their head above the parapet. But it it, it just never came. With, fruition and I don't really see these guys being picked up either so like to answer the exam question out the practice squad candidates who's the most likely to get picked up I think it's Trey Sermon um, mm -hmm. I think that he has the pedigree behind him so he's a, you know he comes from Ohio State um, he was on the 49ers he was on the Eagles and, and you know teams could, could pick up a running back there you know a, a dime a dozen these days uh, and I think a team could easily pick a guy like that up, especially seeing him in preseason. He wasn't terrible in, in the preseason games that he played. He had plenty of carries and, you know, he made a couple of plays. Yeah, he coughed the ball up once, um, but he had a couple of touchdowns and a couple of nice a couple of nice runs. So I think that there's, there's a good opportunity there for Trey. Um, like I said, I don't really see any of the wide receivers being picked up at all. Um Maybe that's why we didn't carry them, because if other teams don't value them, why should we? It's a fair take. Um, and of all the players, I would agree. Personally, I think Trey Sermon uh, is the most likely to be picked up on our team. I think he's shown enough in preseason. Um, Phil, but I'll come to you now. And after, I have now got the official list of all Eagles players who have been waived and released. So we can go through those in a second. But Phil, just to, to round out that question there, is there anyone else? Let me ask you this, Robert, are you just saying yes, Trey Sermon? Is there anyone else you want to throw in the mix there that you think could be a starter at a even a wide receiver four or five position or you know, offensive line, defensive line? Yeah, there is there is a guy. He um he had a particularly good showing um against the Colts. I had him, him written down, I think even against the uh, Browns as well. Um, a tight end here. No, we're going linebacker. Oh. Tyreek Maddox Williams. Hey. Oh, yes. I felt like. I, yeah, hmm? I like it. I that like one's it. a Yeah, it is. It is a bit. Um, I had him down in my notes 
the pod that never existed. Um, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> going, but I mean, there, there was one particular play that um, on on a blitz, and he absolutely got through. It looked really exciting, um, and I was I'm, not until you asked the question. I quickly checked the list of the players that you'd updated earlier, and I saw his name. I was like, oh, that it, I'm generally quite sad about that. I mean, given the linebacker situation is so Philly boy as well. Philly boy. Yeah, yeah. And 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 then obviously the fact that, that Moreau's been been released mm. as well. Um, I guess was probably the writing was on, obviously on the wall at the time, but he seemed like a generally exciting young player that um that had that had something a bit about him and generally it was just such a good I think that he was the um yeah, that no I am correct in thinking he was the linebacker that almost sacked Richardson. That um, he managed to get the throw away to Granson, the tight end, um, that ended up being the challenged catch with the the sassy little Nick Sirianni. Oh, the red flag! I've thrown the red flag, and which later turned out we everyone thought initially was him just being a bit sassy on the tight like the sideline, but actually it turns out that he was um, had a little bit back and forth with Shane Steich and to do with like sort of a little bit of a banter between the two so it was like uh i don't think that's a catch uh that's the challenge flag in case you were wondering um <laughs> that would obviously not be a catch it was just a nice little comment relief moment in the game but that aside that's obviously not a reason to keep going on the squad but he generally had a, a play later on where he blitzed through and, and and got absolutely close to the quarterback and i think when you're looking at the eye test he definitely satisfied the eye test but obviously there's something else there that the the team uh, didn't see enough of him or just don't have the roster spot for him. I'd like to see him pop up somewhere. I'd certainly like to see him get back to the practice squad because he balled out against the Colts. I can't remember the stats because I wiped them all from your research. Sorry. But he had like a, a like a, an interception, tackles for losses, forced fumbles, tipped tip balls. Like you, 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 you ask someone to write what you want to put down as your stack count at the end of the game. And like, it was better than what you could probably make up. Like it was insane. He, he um, couldn't do any more. And it's, it, well, it's, I think that's yeah. the sad thing about it. He couldn't do much. Well, I think more he was quite game. happy. It was an article that came out afterwards. He he was fairly grounded about the whole experience. He was like, "Look, I got to play in front of my friends and family." He's been he was training in, in South Jersey um, for the summer and got called up to this game. Absolutely balled out and said he he had the skills. So to, to so for that to be on tape for other GMs in the league to see what he could do was you know that was the biggest thing for him. Regardless of whether he went back to the Eagles or somewhere else, hopefully he does get picked up somewhere else. Maybe we can keep a little eye on. Uh, on him during the um, during the rest of the preseason. All right, guys, you ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, so if you've got a pen and paper to hand or a notepad to hand, I'm gonna I'm gonna read out the the released players. Jot down anyone that you want to specifically talk about that you're surprised about, etc., or or you're happy about. And, and I can come to you both. We'll do that both for the people who've been released. And then I'm also going to read out the 53-man roster, which I also have in front of me, the official 53-man roster. So I've got both in front of me. Okay. So um, released the following. This is going to be really good that we're recording during this for everyone listening in. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles have acquired the following players via trade. Tight end Albert O. Acquired with a 2025 seventh-round pick in exchange for a 2025 sixth-round pick. They have released the following players. Wide receiver Devin Allen, 
linebacker Quinton Bell, quarterback Ian Book, running back Kennedy Brooks, defensive tackle Robert Cooper, wide receiver Britton Covey, cornerback Mickey Gardner, guard Julian Good-Jones, wide receiver Jadon Hazelwood, defensive end Taron Jackson, tight end Tyree Jackson, linebacker Kyron Johnson, wide receiver Johnny King, Linebacker Tyreek Maddox-Williams, who we were just speaking about. Safety Tristan McCollum. Linebacker Nicholas Moreau. Wide receiver Joseph Ngata. Defensive end Janarius Robinson. Guard Tyree Robinson. Tight end Russell Brady. Defensive tackle, I didn't even know this guy was on the squad. Olive Sagapolu. Did you guys know he was on the squad? <laughs> I didn't know even his name before. Defensive tackle Caleb Sanders. Cornerback, Josiah Scott. Guard, Josh Sills. Punter, Aaron Sipos. Wide receiver, Freddie Swain. Linebacker, Ben Van Samirin. Safety, Kayvon Wallace. Wide receiver, Greg Ward. Defensive tackle, Marvin Wilson. They have waived injured the following players. Trey Sermon, running back. And they've waived the following players from reserve injured with an injury settlement. So we won't see Tyree Cleveland again sitting up for the Eagles even though he did flash in some of those early season games. So I'll leave that there. Now I'm going to do the 53-man roster, as it is, and then we'll go through both. The Eagles quarterback room looks like this. Jalen Hurts, Marcus Mariota, Tanner McKee, no surprise there. The four running backs are, as we thought, Swift, Gainwell, Scott, and Penny. Wide receivers are already four, as we talked about in the podcast. A.J. Brown, Smith, Watkins, and OZ, as easy as your box has said, you clearly didn't want to say Alameda Zacchaeus. Um, tight end, Dallas Goddard, Jack Stoll, Calcaterra, and Albert O. <laughs> Offensive tackle, Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, Tyler Steen, Jack Driscoll, and Fred Johnson, who, of course, was signed to that two-year contract um, last week. The center and guard position, we have Kelsey, Dickerson, Jurgens, and Opeta. So Opeta does make the 53. Defensive defensive end with six players. Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Graham, Smith, Barnett, and Patrick Johnson made it into the edge camp. Defensive tackle, we got Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, Marlon Tupoloto, Ojima, and Canavius Street did make the final 53-man roster. Linebackers as are thought. The Kobe Dean, Ellis, and Cunningham. Cornerbacks, they do take seven, which was the question a lot of people were asking. Would they take seven? seven. They take seven. They take Slay. They take Bradbury. They take Maddox. They take Ringo. They take Job. They take Goodrich. And they take Ricks. Ricks. So they clearly feel like that is a position of depth that they need. At safety, they do take four. They take Blankenship, Edmonds, Brown, and Justin Evans. And the special teams, they only take Elliot and Levata. Initial thoughts, Mick. Lovely. Um, yeah, I mean, can, before I go on, I will just want to say that I had tremendous fun in the group chat today, putting up the polls uh, for for the for the members to vote on various various players. <laughs> where for for those of who are listening who are not members or part of the whatsapp group chat um we were adding in players and saying you know keep or cut and i think we were undefeated by the way um for the majority um on the, the number of players we would either keep or cut 
for the 53-man roster. I know we didn't get through them all today, um, but we got through a, a, quite a few, and it was it was it was it was good fun. Um, but you know, initial reaction is I think I didn't expect us to keep so little wide receivers, mm-hmm. um, which we've already covered. But the number of cornerbacks is. It is surprising, but it's not really surprising because we know that Howie Roseman likes to throw darts at young cornerbacks. You know, we've seen that way last last year or the year before, bringing in like Tegowin and bringing in Mac McCain and just just throwing darts at these young guys to see how they perform. And what we've seen out of these guys from training camp was also encouraging. So, like Eli Ricks, I wanted to see him on the fifty-three man roster anyway. Um, you know, Josh Job, I think, was a lock. By the end of training camp, I, I didn't even put a poll out on him because I thought Josh Job is definitely going to be on the 53, and he was. Mario Goodrich is possibly one of the ones that is a little bit surprising. Uh, I know that they, they like him inside the building, and I think there was a lot of talk around him during the joint practices and, and training camp. Not so much in the, the actual preseason games against the Ravens, Colts, and, and Browns, of course. Um, but you know, he's made enough plays, he's made enough noise in camp that they feel comfortable bringing him on to the 53. Also, got Kaylee Ringo. Um, again, he was another lock because we just drafted him. He's got high stock, he's from Georgia, he's a boy, he's he's number 37, and I can't wait to see him play some football in mid Did you hear the story about um Ringo and uh, Mick where um Sirianni played the video in the in the team room of him doing that. Ah, okay. So, so Keely, they played a, a video of Keely Ringo uh, intercepting a, a catch um, in, in um, a college, college, and um, all of the Georgia Bulldogs started barking. Oh, <laughs> I've heard this on the latest episode of Unscripted, which I haven't got around yeah. to yet. So. Oh, you just imagine them all just going, oh, 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 oh. yeah, and all the Bama <laughs> boys looking around, like, oh. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah, 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 interesting. But I mean, you surprised at Goodrich a little bit, a little bit. Mm. Um, like I said, uh, his, his name didn't come up an awful lot for me, and I don't think he played. Did he play an awful lot in the, in the preseason games? I just don't remember his name coming up. And it, it's like when we talk about Josh Job, like his name came up all the time, and Eli Ricks, he made. Quite a lot of plays, quite a lot of pass breakups. He had that pick six return. Like, if you want to make a name for yourself, you've got to put yourself out there. And, and uh, I think it, it was uh, his coverage. Make a little bit like we were speaking to. It probably um, is, and you get that from cornerbacks. Is like if if you're not hearing their name, that's probably a good thing because the wide receivers covered, so it can work both ways. And I totally agree with that, Liam. That's a good point that you make. Yeah, and same same Eli Ricks. I know Eli Ricks did make some some plays, but all of the uh, all of the murmurs coming out of camp was that he was the, one of the best coverage guys. So it's interesting to see uh, also how many beat writers were right on this. Um, Harry Rosman has just come out to say it was the most emotional cut day he's ever had as a GM, uh, cutting guys who've been big con- contributors in the in the off season. Um, but a lot of player, a lot of beat writers had Eagles taking six to, sorry, seven to eight cornerbacks, nine offensive linemen. Phil, Lane Johnson, Mylada, Steen, Driscoll, Fred Johnson, Kelsey, Dickerson, Jurgens, Opeta. Opeta is probably the one of that list. After we found out about Fred Johnson's contract, that was um, on the cusp a little bit there. 
you you surprised the Eagles have taken nine offensive tackles here? Offense offensive linemen, I should say, excuse me. Possibly not, because there's <clears throat> been quite a large amount of uncertainty around the sort of departures on that line. So the the questions over Tyler Steen, Cam Jurgens, who's going to fill the right guard spot. Um, I can see them just sort of maybe stuffing that position a little bit more, just to absolutely make sure that they're not going to be found out with that position. So <coughs> I can see why that would be the case. I uh, too am surprised about the wide receiver. I figured wide uh, five wide receivers would be the standard carry through, but they've obviously got a plan. Um, I think we'll see that change in the next 24 hours. (laughs) Yeah, obviously, as we've been made painfully clear in the WhatsApp group and and everywhere else, this is not the 53 rust that's going into the season. This is going to be the 53 that just get the highest chance of getting the right players through waivers. Um, But also, we didn't expect the Eagles to take four tight ends through having the trade with a quick man come through at the last minute. Um, so you can argue that that's maybe where that's gone. They want some extra depth at tight end to get through waivers. Um, and then one of those guys will be um, reduced back to practice squad, maybe for the wide receiver that they wanted to get through waivers um, that they knew had the highest chance of, of not getting picked up. So who's coming back, Phil? Them. Who's coming back? Who, who's coming back off the practice squad into the 53? If there is one person and um, they decide to make some moves by putting maybe someone who was on the 53, onto the practice squad or they move them into injured, in, into injured reserve. We don't know the ins and outs of how fit and healthy everyone is. They could, for example, put Hassan Reddick on the injured reserve list um, for the next week and a half until they need to elevate him. I don't know how long you need to be elevated off the injured reserve in time to play. That's maybe something we should look up. It's, the, it's the full, it's the full, it's the full week. So if, if, if Reddick had been put on injured reserve, okay, fine. on the, it's, it's the tire, it's the, uh, Jonathan Taylor situation. That's the reason why they wanted a trade done before now is because he would have had to have sit out the first four or five weeks of the season. So that's why Reddick's not done that situation. But I get, I get where you're, you're, you're alluding yeah, I'm just to. kind of looking for who, who's the guy on that list? Name. Who's that guy on that He's, initial list? Devin Allen, Quinta Berlin, Book Brooks, Covey, Maynard Gardner, Janarius Robinson was a shout to make the 53 defensive end. So a lot of, a lot of guys had him making. Making the fifty-three, they've obviously gone with Patrick Johnson instead. Is there anyone there that you really think? I don't know if you've got the list in front of you. Apologies. I do, I do. No, I do, I yeah. do. I've, I've, I've followed uh, ESP as well. Yeah, he's, I mean that's a lot. Hand, hand, <laughs> handily provided yeah. with the list yeah. of cuts and the and the, the fifty-three. Shout out to ESP. Thanks, so thank you, Elliot. Um, I think uh, not in Jig, but it was in Guy. I was I was talking talking about i think he had quite a strong sneaky strong camp that you're not going to keep him on the 53 so you're hoping that he's done enough well he has done enough to to be on your radar but you hope he hasn't done enough to be highlighted by another team and picked up and and maybe he was a good strong shout for a, a fifth wide receiver but you're probably saying that greg ward is that guy it happens it's happened for the last year or two. He gets cut, he gets sized in the practice squad, and he ends up being fifth wide receiver because you can get him through waivers because people aren't going to um, pick him up. But there is also a little bit of rumour um, around, there's a bit of interest around Greg Ward, but who you knows? We'll see what happens in the next um, day oh. or two. But 
It would kind of make my heart to see Greg Ward in a different uniform. Uh, it would. I thought you were about to say, oh. Something's happened, yeah. No, not that, but it's just, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't have carried them on to the 53, but at the same time, I've, I've got a little bit of sentimental value think, on Greg it Ward. Feels like almost... he's, he's an ego, and he's, he's just the guy that, that, that needs to be sitting on the sitting on the bench waiting for his call-up, just... It feels like almost addition that Greg Ward will be in the 53 or at least in the 53 in the practice squad come the season goes, but you're just never going to put him on the on the 53 to get through um, roster cuts. Um, shout, out, shout out quickly to um, to Jake Newton. Uh, breakdown of the press conference, which has just happened. He's popped in a WhatsApp group. Uh, they loved Albert O and all his intangibles. His last preseason game gave him the kick to make a move. Um, they were looking at Edmonds before signing CJ Gardner-Johnson. Nolan Smith could be out for a while. Perhaps he's rehabbing and Nick, Nick refused to confirm whether he'll be back for week one. So maybe Nolan Smith goes on the injured reserve list to bring someone else back onto the 53. And finally, the UDFA corner is all really impressed and how he is delighted to have such a young group behind Slay and JB. There you go. Nice. I mean, yeah, no, thanks, Jake. <laughs> that's, that's that's very very handy. But um, worrying news about Nolan Smith, and if, if the injury is a little bit more serious than than first thought, because um, that was one of the things I, I kind of wanted to jump in earlier when we had Shield on to do with um, his shout for defensive rookie of the year. I was going to say that my defensive rookie of the year shout was going to be Nolan Smith, but purely because of what I'd seen in um, in preseason and that when they work in tandem. If one doesn't get you, the other one does. And mm. if you're going for the sneaky underdog behind the guy that's the obvious choice, Jalen Carter doesn't get in. Nolan Smith would, and, and it's going to be disappointing if um, mm-hmm. if he's not if he's not ready to go week one to get. Because it's not so much about missing three or four weeks; it's about being there from day one and getting the first few weeks under your belt to get embedded in the team to get that sort of. The momentum going if he's coming in sort of not cold but not not warm like the rest of the team is after the first few games when we hit that really hard run of games mid-season if he's not up to speed he's not going to be as effective as we all thought he was going to be so um that's going to be quite worrying for me but um just to just to wrap up from from my perspective from the the, the cut players that i'm a bit disappointed on i think um Brady russell had a pretty good um, kind of came out of nowhere, didn't he? I'm going to let you guys came... both talk about Brady Russell for a second while I just pop out for a sec. But yeah, kind of came out of nowhere for me. Mm. So he had a really good camp. Obviously, the, the Albert O trade obviously completely um, throws a grenade into their tight end um, room to, to who they would pick, who they're going to take through, who they want to play. And, and I guess it, it kind of is a bit of a mute point to discuss Brady Russell now because I guess he never had a shot. What do, I don't know what you think, Nick. Yeah, I mean, he was a guy who was down at the bottom of the roster that nobody really knows of. Or, you know, you, you, asked, you probably asked Sheil and he's like, I don't, probably don't know a lot about him because he's, he's not tracking the guys at the, the very, very bottom of the roster. And that's where Brady Russell was... Residing. And and we got to see him a little bit in preseason, and he flashed a little bit. Not only in the passing game, I think he caught a touchdown, but he also had a couple of good plays on special teams, which and and that's what highlighted Brady to me. 
um, as well as his luscious long hair that, that, that looked quite good. I'm a sucker for that kind of thing, um, as you well know. Uh, but I've just I, I seen more out of him than I did in Grant Calcaterra, and I feel like I'm, I'm on a mission just now uh, like, <laughs> against, against Grant Calcaterra. What has he got and, against Grant, Mick? Nothing. I kind of understand where Mick's coming from because it felt very much that when we signed him, we were de- desperate for a tight end to be signed in the draft. And the, the loose, tenuous link was that he once played with Jalen Hurts once upon a time, a long time ago. And everyone was like, this is going to be a great thing. And I was like, that seems really tenuous to me. And he's just not shown in the brief opportunities he's had to, to show why he was a lock for tight end three. They've done that a few times. They brought in that um, Charleston Rambo as well, who played with Jalen Hurts back in days of yonder uh, OU. And that didn't work out either. He ended up getting cut during during uh, training camp. So, yeah, it doesn't hold much water for me either. And we've had Grant. When did we when, when did we draft Grant? Was that 2021, 2022? 2022. Yeah, because he left college football to be a, was that a firefighter. And then he came back and then got drafted. And honestly, I've not seen him make a play in that whole time it was, it was, yeah. and we've always not had many opportunities and there's not many opportunities you get in our offense and I get that but I've seen guys like Tyree Jackson I've seen guys like Brady Russell even Dan Arnold probably Dick Rod I've seen guys make plays more than this guy has made plays and that's what that's what just puts me off on him and, and I can't get behind him and I know we've carried him on the 53 man roster and I feel like he's draft value is the only thing keeping him in the squad just now? I think they. You're, you're absolutely right. I think there's a there was a an ob, an obvious sample size during this last season where Dallas Goddard went out for a couple of games and we had no one and it was almost like a free for all in the tight end room. It's like here you go, lads. You've got a couple of games. Show us what you got. And absolutely nothing happened. Um, and that was that was probably the moment where you would have thought Calcaterra would have gone well, hey guys, I'm clearly the best in this room because outside of God, because I was drafted the highest, I've got the most weight behind me, um, this is my time, and uh, and that absolutely did not happen. And you've got players like, you've got fans looking at players like Tyree Jackson, who have had such a small sample size. Um, but this, yeah, you can call it a bit of bias on, on mine and Liam's part, where we look at Tyree Jackson and we really wanted him to be on that roster, but just wasn't meant to be. Um, that we would have been kind of going, yeah, cool, yeah, we've he's had injuries, but he's shown that he's shown us something to believe in, and that's why he's on the roster. But Calcaterra just hasn't had that same effect. Fine, Liam is fined for being on mute. Outrageous behavior from the host of a podcast, absolutely outrageous. I would accept whatever fine is thrown my way. Um, We've got a charity, it? you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. That's, that's 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 absolutely fair. That's uh, that's absolutely fair. Um, just trying to pull up the tweet from ESP here with the final fifty-three man uh, roster. Seem to have let it go somewhere. Um, but is there anyone on the fifty-three man roster? We and I'm specifically talking about the conversation we just had about Calcaterra here, who 
you think is is on the cusp and you need to see a lot more from and is at risk of of falling off that that 53 man roster yeah. Let's let's go through. Oh well, okay. All right. Yeah, I was going to go through positions, but Mick, if, you, if you've got some straight away, let's let's do it. I I think safety jumped out at me almost immediately because Justin Evans was carried. If I'm not mistaken, I don't have the list in front of me, but I think Justin was. Evans was carried out at the fifty-three. He was, and for the life of me, I don't know why. Um, and you know how I feel about Kevon Moss, you do, and how high he was drafted and what he's done in an Eagles uniform up to this point, but. He had a decent training camp. I gave, I ate my crow. I gave him his dues a couple of weeks ago, and now he's been cut for a guy that I've like. I've never really seen him do anything in an Eagles uniform, like Justin Evans. Like a lot of beat writers have said, he's done. A lot of beat writers have said he's done well in preseason and training camp. Other than that, I can't give you any more information on that. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just such a strange one for me. I don't know how you guys feel about Justin Evans, but I think it's a weird, weird, weird. Guys, so he, we 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 picked him up um, very early in the off season, from memory, and it was one of those classic how he how he moves where you pick someone up and it's a positional battle for them to anywhere to anywhere near make the fifty three man roster. So for him to make it there um, is well, it's one of two things, right? It's he's had a really good preseason, and I have to say I don't know enough about Justin Evans to really give this proper thought and commentary. I mean, I need to do a little bit more. Um, more research on that, but he's clearly done enough to get onto the roster, so that means one of two things either he's done well enough in camp, or safety is a real position of weakness for the Eagles. And I think it's probably the latter. You can dot on Howie. <laughs> what do you think, Phil? I think I'm just going to try and share the there you go, there's the 53 just to help you guys, guys look at it. Um, for me. There's one particular name on this list. I don't know if you can see it with my mouse. Just about there. Oh, um, DFB. <laughs> I think the fact that he's still on the roster is, is extremely disappointing to me. And I know cap, me and Liam was probably... Massive. Sorry, go was, but I'll let you go before spark, I... Yeah, go on. <laughs> this might spark another debate. I'm not sure we have the, the time for it. But for me... It's just a case of, I get it, the depth. I'm all for the depth in another position. There's just something about this guy. It's like, you know, when you kind of you talk yourself into a situation, you're like, well, yeah, he's a depth piece. Yeah, he did do that thing in 2017. Yeah, he, he could do something good. But then as soon as you remember how liable he is just to absolutely completely screw a game over, screw your team over one week to the next um, with – a late hit out of bounds, a, a personal foul. I'm just—he's just a guy for me that just fills me with a dread. It just fills mm. me with that kind of that gut feeling that I'm going. If he gets anywhere near the team, it's a problem. And 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 that's but he, will. he will. He will. He will get near. He's ignored. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I mean. It's like you're going to have that guy on the field in the, in the fourth quarter when you know it's, it's happened too often, drive, hasn't it, Phil? It's happened the drive too often. gets. The drive gets killed. Why is it always him? It's just like, I'm the sort of person where I go, I don't care what good you could do. The negative just will always outweigh the positive. And I think it's just one of those things where people kind of go, this is this is the sort of um, uh, player being released that the Eagles would pick up and go, how has this guy got released? Because he was in a bad system, blah, 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 blah. blah. 
he's going to be great for us. And I wish that team all the best. I'm like, yeah, you take a chance on him. But for me, it's like it was a I'm completely okay with him not being on the team. And the fact that he's there um <laughs> gives us more content because during the season the, the, <laughs> bonehead, the bonehead cafe will be back in business, apparently. So I guess. I should be grateful for that at least. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good point. It definitely gives us more content. Um, a lot of laughs and probably a lot of um, when we start to talk about Derek to give his proper name, fucking Barnett. Mick, I need to do a bit of research here on what would have happened draft-wise. I did message Rube Frank earlier to see if he could give me the download and what the cap hit would be if we did trade him. Obviously, very busy. Did, didn't didn't get back to me. <clears throat> you are you as pissed off that DBs on the team as fillers? You you happy that he's still here? Oh, happy I don't. Was, happy's a strong word, I suppose. <laughs> no, no I, I, choose I your like words it. carefully, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely delighted. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you two can get to fuck. I'm going. <laughs> um. I don't think anyone is as upset as Phil was, so uh, I, I wouldn't be able to claim that. Uh, Burnett, again, he, he gives us content. And he, he's become a bit of a character for me, as if, like, he, larger than life, sort of, like, he's not even real. He's not even a player for us. He's just like this, you know, pantomime villain that comes, that, that stomps out of the, the lineup and then, you know... Mr. Uh, Blobby. Yeah. <laughs> Hit someone and then there's a flag and it's like, hey, Derek Barnett, um, and and then someone gets gunged on the field. Who knows? But it's uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Nickelodeon. Um, yeah, Nickelodeon. For, for anyone wishing to, to to join the Derek Barnett PTSD fan group, I will be setting this up after the pod for anyone who's affected by anything that's been said tonight on Derek Barnett. <laughs> Please call 000 888 DFB. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Carry on. No, it's, I don't have a lot to say about it. But I mean, knowing what we know about losing Nolan Smith, maybe it's not a, the worst thing in the world to, to, to have Derek around, to to have a bit of veteran experience on the edge <laughs> if, you, if you're going to rotate. Listen, Phil, I know. I, I know. I, no, it's I, the one you say, mate. Maybe it's not the worst thing to keep him around. <laughs> that is not a reason to keep a guy on the roster. Derek Maybe Barnett is earning. <laughs> Derek Barnett is earning a sat base salary of three point five million. He also I got a he down. also got a bonus of six point four million, which means he's he's earned eleven million this season, and he also um, he carries a cap hit of five point four. So he's earning eleven, but his cap is only five point four. Yeah, that's. But he right. has a. But he has a dead cap value of twelve point six million. There's no way the Eagles dead cap of twelve really? nearly thirteen. If the Eagles were to get rid of him, that is the reason Derek Bennett's on the team. Nothing else. Wow, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. I, he's made. He, I, I think I said it in a in a message in the WhatsApp group a week or so ago. He's made an absolute killing. If you take out the Super Bowl forced fumble, which normally you can't be... talk about that. You can't talk about that. It's just no. You, you can't. You can't base that into in, into account. You have to look at the how what value brings to the team 
right now, and I know that's what you were going to say, Liam. It's that yeah. that that's essentially the problem. Is that I feel like he can do three good things, but the one bad thing he will do well, that will negate those true. three things. Yeah. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Ultimately, yeah. is that by having him on the team, I live in fear of. <laughs> will 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 we will we will we? I can see it now. We'll be. <laughs> We'll, we'll have stayed up until <laughs> one o'clock in the morning to watch Monday night football, and we'll get to about three three thirty a.m. in the morning, and we'll be ten points up. And Derek Barnett will be the reason why they get back into it. And there's a three point game going into four thirty. We're all super tired because we couldn't go to bed because the Eagles couldn't put the game away because Derek <laughs> Barnett decided that he wanted to punch that guy. He really wanted to punch that guy, that that one guy who had nothing to do with the play, but uh, that's a cheap shot. That's my style. I'm going to punch him. And yeah, punch him. <laughs> did you well, see? Did honest, you that's probably the one situation where I would accept. You would, you would allow it. Did you see the um, did you see the uh, reports after he punched the Colts? Did he punch? Um, no, Kelsey. Kelsey did so oh, when he ran when he ran over the player in preseason. I think it was the Colts player. I can't remember who it was. Oh, Jason he Kelsey. hit uh, Anthony Richardson as well, did he not? Yeah, yeah but then he but then there was another there was another one where no, that was Barnett. I'm talking about Jason Kelsey. Oh, Jason Ke- Kelsey. Um, right, someone hit someone hit Sermon. No, someone hit Gamewell or something like that, and he did just floored someone, like yeah, completely floored yeah. them and took them out. And yeah, um, so yeah. Yeah. There, yeah, there no, you go, no. Zaire Franklin. Yeah, absolutely floored him. Um, and Kelsey went off the sideline, and there was a guy stood there who just put his hand out and fist pumped Kelsey, and Kelsey fist pumped him. Who was that guy? Derek fucking Barnett. So that just tells you all you need to know about Derek Barnett because he he was like respect because he absolutely floored someone for a reason and, and Barnett's just built like that and and Phil I hear you that's the problem because he is built like that he's been given so many chances he is going to eventually have the mother of all fuck ups in the most important time or the most important game for the Eagles and I, I you know we've we've disagreed on a few things on this podcast Phil but I'm 100% behind you on this Derek fucking Barnett can get the fuck out of Philly He's he's going to be forever nicknamed the cat from the horn. <laughs> how many more lives that guy can have? Yeah, I know. Someone gets cut. Yeah. All right, Derek Barnett. That's how we end the podcast, folks. Thanks for listening in. It's an hour and fifty-three minutes of the podcast. There's a little break in between, so maybe it's around an hour and forty-five, something like that. And um, it's been really good to chat to you guys. It's been nice to break it up because I didn't let either of you fucking speak for the first hour. Um, so good to have a conversation with both of you to talk through it in, ge- in general. Um, and um, yeah, really, really good fun. Happy with the Eagles roster I am. Um, I, I feel like you guys are pretty happy as well, other than Derek Barnett and maybe JT for Phil not coming and being on the roster. But the tight end pickup, I think we'll pick up in more detail the next time we podcast um, when we know a little bit more about um, him as a tight end and what he can bring to the Philadelphia Eagles this year. This is the second, probably the second last podcast I will do for about four weeks. So um, we'll jump on a podcast again next week, hoping there's some more news to talk about. There'll be lots of moves in the next couple of days, which I'm sure we'll discuss. But Fanny Furby, you guys, thanks for listening in. We are the British and Irish Eagles, formerly the Next Matter podcast. Uh, we've enjoyed listening to you. We hope you like talking 
be hearing what she'll have to say. We hope you like the breaking news. You've still got some time to join our trip of a lifetime trip to Philadelphia to Philadelphia for the Dallas game on the 2nd to the 7th of November. Um, it just needs to be paid in one lump sum now between now and the end of September to do that. So reach out if you have any questions about that, if you want to come and do it. Look out for our tweets over the next couple of days about watch-alongs. And the newsletter should be in all of your inboxes today for those who are members. Thank you, Phil, for that. Mick, Phil, it's been a pleasure. Justice for Taylor wasn't what it could have been today, unfortunately. But Eagles made some moves, and Harry is on the phone.